Welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode and nearly every episode by my co-hosts. <laughs> it's going to be a while before I let it go. Yeah, yeah, I know. She always told me to stay off the freeway, Whitney Nelson. Mm-hmm. And I'm back on. I'm back on the horse. Here it goes. He's using all the muscles except the one that matters, Evan Wells. <laughs> yeah! Boom! Oh, God. Nice. He's on fire, ladies and gentlemen. I'm excited to talk about this movie. We did not disclose Clearly. our feelings about it, as we sometimes do beforehand, or at least give hints. So, mm-hmm. very yeah, Usually excited. in the, like, setting up the time to record and sharing notes or whatever, we... We'll let slip a little bit of how we feel. Uh, We did not do that this time. No, not at all. Which makes it so exciting. So exciting. So let's before we before we get too far off track here, let's just let's do a little housekeeping here up top. As always, want to mention website coolbreezepod.com. Email us coolbreezepod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. A lot of lovely folks uh, there talking, doing great stuff. So please join us. If you like what we do, you want to support it directly, uh, you can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash coolbreezepod. That's a great way to support us directly. And then, and and you made me do this. (laughs) You brought this on yourselves, everyone. We need reviews. Okay. We need reviews for this show. We put days, weeks, waiting. Years of our lives. Coming up on a year. It's crazy to think, isn't it? A whole year. It is crazy. Breeze pop. Every review counts. <laughs> Every single review. Who's laughing? That's rude. God. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, obviously, review, review us on iTunes if you get the opportunity. I know it's like a huge pain in the ass. It means the world. But it really helps us out. It does. Yeah, it really next, does. Like your when your next like lunch break at work, you know, and you need something different to do, go review us. Yeah, <laughs> what, what that's you what doing? I do on my lunch breaks. <laughs> just review, review podcasts. <laughs> no, just things. Just things. <laughs> yeah. You're like that tree. Four out of five. Great tree. <laughs> Would watch it in the breeze again. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. post it on the trunk. <laughs> You know, when one of you is is running a low grade fever and hasn't eaten dinner yet, a positive review makes us want to get up and record for you. That's a great point. Right. Yeah. We're not. That's not speaking from anything that's actually happening in reality right now. No, none of us feel like poop on toast. Right. Nope. But, you know, a review, if that were the case, a review would be like a huge way. Would be incentive to get up off the couch and out from under the duvet in order to record. (laughs) Yeah, it might scrape some of the poop off of said toast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) I hope we've convinced you. (laughs) That's our case. If scraping poop off of toast does not convince (laughs) you, I don't know what will. Right. I rest my case, Your Honor. So, (laughs) Ev... What? Yeah, is it, is it my turn? <laughs> what are we talking about today? Um, today we are talking about the film The Matrix Reloaded. 
the plot the plot synopsis from IMDb is as such. Neo and his allies race against time before the machines discover the city of Zion and destroy it. While seeking the truth about the Matrix, Neo must save Trinity from a dark fate within his dreams. Whoa. This was written and directed by the Wachowskis. That's Lena and Lily. And co-starring alongside Keanu in this film is most of the original cast. <clears throat> Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, Hugo Weaving, Gloria Foster, and new additions would be Harold Perrineau. Did I nail that? I think, I think you I did. That. I think you did nail it. Jada Pinkett Smith, Lambert Wilson, and Monica Bellucci. Oh. Um, Whitney. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did our critics and our audiences think of this movie? Overall, fairly positive. Um, yeah. Not as positive as The Matrix. And actually far more positive than I remember it being yeah. at the time. Yeah, right. 73% uh, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and 72% audience score. So everyone was pretty. Yeah, that's healthy. Pretty in much in agreement. We have a critic quote from Alexander Walker of the London Evening Standard, who said, The whole film may be more than a bit suspect cerebrally, with dime store philosophy, potted mysticism, and cut price otherworldliness. But visually, it gives full value as a virtuoso workout for your senses. Oh, Christ. Put down the thesaurus. Look, hey. Imagine hearing that with a British accent, though. Yeah. <laughs> right. Then I mean, you're like, wow, the this British guy. British accent does sell it. <laughs> yeah. I do want to hear cerebrally in, in a British accent, actually. Yeah. I can't help you out. I can't I do it. I believe it's okay. cerebrally in <laughs> with the. <laughs> That's nailed it. <laughs> that has to be it. And then uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, user Colin C gave it three and a half out of five stars mm -hmm. and says the second part of the Matrix trilogy is neither as great as the first film nor as serviceable as the third one. Mm. It is just a good sequel to the original with some cool sequences. Although there are things about the Matrix Reloaded that I like, the movie is so open ended and riddled with gaping holes that it's virtually impossible to view this as a finished product. Interesting view. Yeah. All right. And then we also have a listener quote from Ooh. Christina, a.k.a. Keanu Wave on Twitter. Christina! Um, <laughs> and Christina says, oh, reloaded, that beautiful mess. It's far from perfect, but I like the way it subverts a traditional chosen one story and makes us question the nature of choice. And the chateau fight and hallway chase are cool as hell. That's true. Yeah. Christina has sent many uh, voice messages in in the past. And in her mm -hmm. Twitter bio, she actually she identifies. She specifically says, yes. Uh, as a reloaded apologist. So. <laughs> nice. Like, Very cool. That movie called out. So, yeah, pretty great. Thanks, Christina. Very cool. This is very exciting because none of us know. Mm. Who's going first? Uh, Whitney is okay. <laughs> oh boy! I guess I guess I'm first. All um, right. <laughs> so as we talked about last time, as we talked about last time, I um 
pretended that the second two movies in the Matrix trilogy did not exist right. for most of my life. I don't know that I've seen this one since I saw it in theaters. Um, if I did, it was like on TV and in bits and pieces. I haven't sat down to watch it since I saw it in theaters. Now, what I will say is going back, um, I did not watch any of the Animatrix. I did not play the video game. Mm -hmm. I did not read the graphic novels or comic books that came out. And I know that some of the big gaping holes in this movie were actually filled by those other things. They really wanted mm. everyone to go out and participate in the story and all the mediums. Yeah. Um, and there are th scenes that literally like there's a prequel that leads up to this one. So that it's not just like, oh, hey, the, they're all here, all of them, and they're yeah. going to kill us. There's like actual lead up to it and tension building. There's, you know, the the whole like the whole thing that Jada Pinkett Smith does is like, I guess, a scene in the video game. Like mm -hmm. she's she's not in it for a lot of the movie. And that's because the player is actually doing the stuff that she's supposed to be doing in the movie in the video game. So like the the literal big holes are actually scenes in other stuff. Um, I didn't participate in any of that leading up to the movie coming out i don't even think i saw they played one of the scenes from the animatrix before a movie uh as like a short and i don't remember which movie it was but right before matrix no. reloaded came out and i didn't see that either i know there was some <laughs> like arg stuff maybe that they did too i don't remember anyway the point is the reason why i didn't like this movie before is the same reason why it didn't work for me now there's a lot that did work for me. It's still The Matrix. It's still cool. It worked better than I thought it was going to based on just my memory where I disavowed all knowledge of this movie existing. Um, <clears throat> but I think that there's just too... It's not a story. You know what I mean? Like, there's just too many holes. And I think that a lot of this falls victim to them trying to be, like, transmedia and tell the story on a bunch of different platforms. Right. I think that's a super interesting idea and way ahead of its time. But you can't expect people... You can't leave big parts of actual story to places and expect people to follow you everywhere that you're going and pay money mm -hmm. for all of the different mediums and the whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, that's homework. And for me... This movie has some of the, the really cool stuff from the first one. Um, it gets a little bit more heavy handed with the like. It, it's not it's like philosophical techno babble. It gets a little more heavy handed with this. And there was some we talked about in the first one. I think it it, it is even more so in this one. I really, really like the second one being about. Oh, actually, everybody's the same. Because you spend the whole first one talking about the one and the chosen one and, and this whole sort of Jesus sort of promise and prophecy. And then it's like, oh, wait, all the machines aren't bad. There's some good machines. There's some bad machines. There's machines that are rebelling. Mm -hmm. And there's everyone has their own goals and motivations and emotions like, some of the programs are trying to smuggle out useless programs in uh, some of that goes a little bit too far for me, but I really yeah. like making the anything that makes the bad guy sympathetic and is like, Oh, everyone's fully developed and has their reasoning behind this. And so like, it's, they're not all bad. 
is something that I like. Anytime you add that kind of complexity. And I think that's what made this movie work for me overall is the fact that it did that. The fact that it was like, wait, it's not a giant mindless force of drones trying to kill all of you. There's a lot of variation. I think the Oracle crushed it again. She's the most charismatic part of the whole movie. (laughs) Um, And then I think that the, we talked specifically about how the special effects hold up in one. They do not hold up in two at all. So bad. It was so bad. It was over the top bad. I've played video games that look more realistic than some whole scenes of that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you if you think I was thinking about that too, if you go back to when you watched it, do you recall if you thought it was I more think there impressive? were some that didn't play for me at the time too. Yeah. I don't think it, it was as bad as it is now looking back at it. I think it has aged very, very poorly. But I also th- think I remember at the time, because there's some that are so fully digitally rendered, like the, the, I still love it, but the scene with Keanu versus all the Agent Smiths for the first time. Yep. There are scenes that are literally like made in a video game yeah, engine. for sure. Where yeah. everything is digitalized and it looks it. Mm-hmm. And yep. I, even at the time when it was like a cool scene, and it's still a scene that I think is cool, it didn't look like film. And so I remember thinking at the time that some of it didn't work, but way more of it doesn't work now in retrospect. Um, They did so much stuff practical with wires and and slow-mo and the bullet time cameras and all that kind of stuff. And almost nothing was practical in this one. And I felt that it really hurt the movie because of it. I think that um, even though there's some big plot holes and big gaps that were told by other parts of the story that I I think it would have kept my attention better and I would have liked it more had more of it been practical fighting. That one scene where he fights, um, what's his name? Before he can see the Oracle. Yes. It was one of my favorite parts oh, of the movie. Yeah. And that was right out of the first one with the like hand-to-hand combat where they're going very fast and then they speed it up just a little bit. So it doesn't seem unrealistic, but it seems like crazy fast. Yeah. And that was straight out of the first one. And that was like very special effects like. And I think if it had more of that, it would have kept me more like on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Uh, I think Jada, P- Jada Pinkett Smith was wildly underutilized. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think she was one of the only people in this. Like as part of the making everyone the same. The machines were more emotional in this movie than the humans were, with the exception of, of Neo and Trinity. None of the humans were allowed to show emotion. Yeah. Or have feeling um, they had to be tough. They had to be whatever. They had to fight for their lives. And and I think the only one other than Neon Trinity that that had any depth as a human was Jada Pinkett Smith. So I would have liked to see her do more in it. Um, overall, the movie is like if you're saying, Whitney, should I go watch it? I will say yes. I recommend it. It worked for me, but just barely. Mm. overall there's a lot of a lot of the stuff that i didn't like i still don't like i just see it with a a different viewpoint now in retrospect fair Uh, thank you for coming to my ted talk (laughs) that was was very good andrew ev i want to prep you Uh i have i have a lot of stuff to say about this (laughs) so And uh, I would like to introduce you, everyone, to Andrew and his TED Talk. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> up right. next. We're getting in deep here. So I apologize okay. if I steal any of your thunder. All right. Begin. Let me just go out on a limb and say, I'm going to go to bat for this film because like Whitney, I had not seen this since it came out. I remember seeing yeah. it and I was a freshman in college or whenever this, whatever the timing of this was, <laughs> I was a much younger person than I am now. And I remember thinking, hey, there are parts of this movie that I really love. And then all this stuff where they're talking, I'm like, blah, 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 blah. Let's crash some cars. Right. That was kind of where I was as a moviegoer back then. This time around, I, th- I love this. I thought it was I thought it was really well done. Let's start with let's start with a couple things. This is okay. very clearly, like Whitney said, a lot of holes in this. And it is very clearly a bridge film. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this is only a step to get to the third film. And it suffers a little bit because of that. And I don't really actually envy any movie that's like the second in a trilogy. Like if, the, if you set out to make a trilogy, that second movie is it's, it's generally not great. But like obviously some exceptions, Godfather, Empire Strikes Back, but whatever. It's tough to recapture that that lightning in a bottle, especially with something like The Matrix, right? You're just we're just not going to get that again. So the first movie I think like Whitney, you summed this up pretty well. Uh the target demographic for this movie does not exist in the real world, right? right. You need to be a martial arts action movie loving technophile Who's real? Who has like a master's in philosophy? That person does not. I guess the Wachowskis, <laughs> right? But that person doesn't exist as like an audience member. You probably like what you like. Like, oh, I like the philosophy. I like the tech stuff. I like the action movie stuff. But maybe not all of those things. Um, I gotta say though, they worked better on me now than they did. Like now that I have like a grasp of some of those things, like a little bit more than I had the first time around. I was like, oh, you know. Uh, nice try. <laughs> like, I'll give you cre- like if you're gonna make something like this, I appreciate that you went like all in on it. Um, they definitely went all in on it for sure. Yeah, I like the uh, ambition for better like, for better or for worse. Like, there's only so much determinism that I can get into because the the end result is it doesn't matter whether your choices are predetermined or not. You still have to make them. Yeah. Like whether they're predetermined, whether someone else knows what they're going to be, you still have to make choices and you can't just stop making choices or you stop living as a person. So I understand the like philosophical debate around determinism, but I think that they go too much into like choice versus fate versus plan to be this way versus whatever. I think they just, they talk about it too long in this movie where it, it, it goes into the realm of, like I said, like techno babble almost, but for <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. There is a cool, I, I do have notes about that specifically. Uh, and just one like interpretation that I had, but um, I, you know, the problem that this movie <clears throat> kind of has, right. Is like the matrix, the original one, all we had to do was go from zero to 10, right? And at mm-hmm. 10, he is God, right? In the matrix, essentially. 
and now he's we start at 10. So now the scale has to go to 100, right? <laughs> so like it's a we have to cover a much larger <laughs> distance like he's already the best. How could we do anything more? Oh, we get well now we got to like exponentially make this all the stakes a lot higher. Hmm. You know, and I think the movie gets us to about 80%. Like if if like if if with the the new scale is like 10 to 100, I think we get to around 80. And I feel pretty good about that. Um some of the stuff that we're seeing in this movie is like just batshit crazy. Like the <laughs> Like the rave and like what Whitney said. Oh, yeah, I wasn't sure when we were going to talk about the rave. <laughs> like, I mean, we'll, I just, I'm sure we'll touch on it, but like that, the age, like the, uh, like it's just an army of Agent Smiths. You're like, okay, it's like this movie clearly, it may be the second most Agent Smiths in a second most Hugo Weavings in a movie after the third one, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> the explanation for like, ghosts and werewolves and aliens i'm like whoa what is happening yeah, like, it is that was, that was like i was like oh you roll that back i'm pretty sure like we those, don't need any of this yeah well i'm pretty sure also we met two werewolves in this movie they weren't like werewolf but like you know she's like these these are extremely hard to kill who has silver bullets in their gun you're like mm -hmm. is this a werewolf we're looking at <laughs> a vampire <laughs> i don't know so um it's it's nuts. I think. Um, so back to what we were talking about, Whitney, this intersection of like philosophy and technology. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's I thought it was really cool. Like and there was probably more overlap there than than I was able to like pick up in just this rewatch. But like uh, I kept for whatever reason, they, they talk about choice and it's very binary. Like, you got to do this or you got to do this and that's it. And that that's already been decided. But what we're here to do is, like, understand why or, like, like the reason behind the choice or whatever. And I'm thinking, like, oh, that's kind of like a Turing test, right? Which is, like, another um, concept in computer science. There's, like, in short, it's, like... I mean, help me out. It's the way to determine if a machine is has consciousness, essentially, right? Like oh, yeah. if artificial intelligence can can think independently. It's like you you do that thing where I've created Captcha. a program. Yeah, <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> I've uh, I agreed with you for some reason. I was like, no, that's not it. I thought you gave me a good example. If you build a computer or a robot that's like can beat every human at playing chess, which we're getting, I think we're getting pretty close to. If that doesn't already yeah. exist, right? And it's like, this is the best chess machine in the whole wide world. But then you ask it, well, what is chess? Well, that is the Turing test, right? It's like, I, it can't explain what chess is. It just can do chess. That's it, right? I think this, is, this movie is kind of like that for humans. Like, the free people of Zion have passed this re kind of reverse Turing test. They woke up. They left the Matrix. I, and, like, that might not be true. It might just be me inferring stuff. But I, like, I kind of love that, even if it's just my interpretation of it. And hmm. like fold it right into that. I had like a much, I really liked the architect scene a lot more this time around. I feel like I, like when I originally watched, I was like, this is like such garbage. It, like it totally derailed the movie for me the first time around, but I was like trying my best to like absorb all of this. And I know it's like a lot of yeah. these like philosophical ideas like mashed together and distilled down into these like <laughs> base base concepts but 
I love the way that actor played it. Like, very cold, very calculated, very mm-hmm. matter of fact. And I love, there, to me, there's like a little nuance there where like, he was convinced that Neo, just like the, you know, just like we've seen in a wheel, you know, like he was going to go for this door. And he goes to the other one. Like, he goes to the other one. Because, like, computer logic is like, hey, if 23 people live, that's way better than zero. So, clearly, the choice is, like, he's going to pick this one. And he doesn't. And I just love that part. I really, really love that part. Yeah. So, this is, like, a real twisted Groundhog Day. I'll always try to bring it back to a Bill Murray movie if I can. But, uh, yeah. (laughs) Again, a lot of this stuff, I, like, while watching it and understanding that this is, like, we're taking all these ideas and a lot of these ideas we're like trying to get like a, a square peg in a round hole type situation here. I still really liked it. Like I really loved the attempt. And then from a technical point of view, I have a couple gripes with this movie, specifically mm-hmm. with this architect scene where it looked like it was overexposed and all blown out. Like I watched it on a Blu-ray and the skin tones were like, it looked like it was like they were gone, right? Like on one side of their face, I was like, what is happening here? And I didn't quite get that. And then some of the cult, like the first movie had a very consistent color palette to it the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like you, like just by looking at the color, you could be like, I'm in the matrix. I'm in the real world. This movie did not have that. I like, I felt there were parts of this movie where you're in the matrix and it's like blue and real and you're like, oh, cool. And then there's parts that when you're in the real world, it's like a little, it's like, I know Zion is like an exception here, but I all of those like little thematic things that happen at a technical level I felt they they were like just a little off for this movie, or at least not as good as they were the first time around. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. The only thing that I thought was cool, uh, like tech-wise, or you know, um, cinematography, sound score, all that kind of stuff. I really liked leading up to the weird Zion rave. How the drum downbeat for that techno song that leads into the rave was part of the score before the music started playing. Yeah, that was awesome. That was amazing. There was like a good 45 seconds or so to, you know, about a minute of film where you heard the downbeat of the big bass drum and none of the other music, so you didn't know where it was leading to. It felt, and I don't know why it felt this way, but it felt very Lord of the Rings to me. Oh, yeah, I could definitely, yeah, I can get that. I think Um, that Chemical Brothers did a lot of the music in this movie. In most of the movies. Yeah. I would believe that. Yeah. Yeah. If you said it to me, I would not doubt you. You you actually just reminded me, uh, and this is just another really great technical thing. Sometimes when I watch these movies, I'll like, if it's like late, I might pop on headphones and just listen with headphones on. But sometimes it'll be like, I'll set aside it sometime in the afternoon and do the like surround sound thing or whatever. The the sound design in this movie, because I did this one big. I was like, let's turn this shit way up. The sound design in this movie is incredible. Like... I don't know if it won any awards for this sort of thing, but the scene with the Agent Smiths, right? Like the way the audio is like, he, he hits him over here and you hear it come from the left side of the room and like the the whirring of the wind through the pipe as he spins it. I was like, this is great. Like this is all gravy to me. I love it. So those, that's it. That's all I have. I know that's a lot. I said mm-hmm. a lot. I, I really, <laughs> I really like this movie. I was not expecting 
to like it as much as I did. But I do. Well, all good. Right. Evan, sorry, I stole all Evan. the words. Yeah. yeah. What uh, do you feel? <laughs> I liked it. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't take as many notes as you guys. Um, but no, it. I don't know. Matrix for me is kind of like in a different realm. It's kind of this untouchable thing. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to overcome that in my mind. It's just like always been awesome. Um, it's got like a stigma around it. And for me, at least. So I went into it like this movie is going to be great. And some of it, some of it, I gave them a break because I feel like some of the stuff they were doing in some of these scenes was them trying to like find new tech or find new ways to do CGI or represent this crazy shit they were trying to pull off. Yeah. So that's always in the back of my mind. Like I kind of cut them slack, but I know just the general question is like, does it hold up? So that's like a war in my mind, but uh, it's, it's funny how I think how good we have gotten at spotting it because of how good CGI has gotten. So it's like a lot easier to see that all the Smith clones like clearly weren't him. Like that was easy to see. Um, But that's because we're like, we're almost conditioned to look for that stuff now because it's like movies are perfect now. Um, So it's a lot harder to find flaws these days. (laughs) So that's an interesting thing. But um, I I mean, it's, it's a great movie. The, the plot, I, I agree that, I was thrown off too by the whole like ghosts and I feel like they were just trying to have another one of those like mind melting moments in this movie. And they kind of picked that a little bit to be like, Ooh, what, how do we mess with people so that the next time they hear about the ghost? Cause I, every time I hear someone say deja vu, I'm like, Oh my God, a glitch in the matrix. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like conditioned. Right. And I like that they did that kind of stuff where they picked like everyday stuff and tried to make you relate to it. So um, a lot of that was was interesting for me to see how they approach it. But um, obviously it's pretty original. And technically speaking, they still pulled out like a lot of crazy stuff in this movie, like the shots. And you're right about the whole architect scene. And some of that, Andrew, I think was on purpose. Um I think they wanted it to seem like this guy sat in like a surgery theater, you know, bright white room all the time. And, but I don't know, I guess there's no reason to give up on good skin tone. (laughs) (laughs) I I noticed it. uh, Yeah. Aside from the like overexposure, I think that the, um, the, the all the TVs with all of Keanu's possible different reactions, yeah, played super well. Especially oh, considering yeah. at that point, I was so tired of the like chance choice, whatever conversation that to see that r- played out the way it was and visualized the way it was worked really well for me. Um, yep. That was something that I definitely noticed. Where I was like, man, I'm tired of them talking about all this stuff. However. I think that this still works really well as a scene for me. That, that yeah. was actually no, like the totally most right. acting Keanu was doing in this movie. Yeah. Like, not that he was bad, but like a lot of it in this movie was just kind of being a stoic uh, listener, like absorbing all of this information that's being yeah. thrown at him kind of. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I thought I, I agree with you, Whitney, like the, the whole representation was really great. Um, they, uh, there's one other piece The I gotta just say, like, I didn't love the ending. I don't know if it was just like, they really wanted everyone in the theater to just be like, Oh shit, there's going to be another, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, it's not. I get like to be continued in TV shows, but I don't know. It just like bothered me at the end of a movie to be concluded. Oh, yeah. But so, whatever. Uh, what I will one. say, there is one thing that I noted, and I'm just going to bring it up now while we're talking about general thoughts instead of at the time when it comes up. I had no idea how much Fast and Furious owed to the Matrix Reloaded. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's nuts. I like. I just I was shocked at how much recent Fast and Furious stuff was happening in this older movie. Like not all the Fast and Furious is is newer than this movie, because I think the Fast and Furious started well before this one came out. Mm -hmm. But the just the whole freeway scene is where Fast and Furious went to at like movie like five. <laughs> yeah, that's when they got good. Yeah. Controversial <laughs> statement, yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, it's true. It is when they got good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one was good. Three I loved, but three I loved just because I'm a nerd for Tokyo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Five is where it gets good. I actually this is this is actually pretty nerdy. I because I watched that sequence in this movie and I was like, God, they really spent a lot of time doing this. So I went back and yeah. I like did the time calculation. I was like, how long did they spend on this part? It's 15 minutes. It's 11% of the total runtime of this movie is the highway scene. Wow. So wow. there you go. The Crazy. more you know. Fun fact, uh, not in trivia, but that whole highway was built just for this movie. And it's just a giant one and a half mile loop. Nice. Huh. And then and then they destroyed it after the movie. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I feel like they could have reused that in a lot of other movies. Sure. It's Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So, speaking of trivia. Oh. Oh, God. Is it is it time? I hope so. I think it is time. All right. I'm super excited to get, well... Let's 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 let him take us into it. How about that? <laughs> Pop quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose? I don't lose. I win. She got a lot to learn about sportsmanship. Oh boy, Pop Quiz Asshole is our very own Quizzo show where the host, in this case, Evan, asks the contestants each three questions worth one point. And there's some mm. bonus questions. Maybe I'm, I'm I'm assuming there's some bonus questions. There uh, are two. Nice. If one I'm of assuming us... there was a lot of trivia for this one. I bet <laughs> uh, there was more yeah. trivia for this one than any movie we've done so far. Would be yeah, my guess a, if I had to guess. A lot of it was numbers, so I got like it, it started <laughs> to get boring. Like I just kept asking number questions. Too many so numbers. I, I did didn't do that, but yeah, there's a lot. You gotta do the prices right rules. That's the best one dollar bar. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if one of us gets our question wrong, the other player has a chance to steal. We talked about bonus questions. Very exciting. Current scores are as follows. Oh God. Whitney, oh, 72. No. Evan and I are tied at 43. So 
Ah, oh, if it's like a 30 point lead, I just it's depressing. Like we're not yeah. quite to 30 points, but like right there. So I got to Should I start Should I start throwing the game? No, no. I I'm actually part of me's like, man, 30 point deficit is like, but also how how big could the spread actually get? Yeah, now <laughs> like, I'm curious. We only have there's a finite amount of movies and questions. Like what how far away could you get? And that's that actually intrigues me even more. So there I you mean, go. There's definitely right. some like this movie that I I know no trivia unless I heard it in press at the time. Yeah. And I have a memory like a colander, like Swiss cheese. <laughs> I literally when people ask me questions about the family, I'm like, ask my sister because she remembers stuff and I do not. Yeah. So yeah. it is either 100% guess-based mm-hmm. for this movie or something that I'm pulling from the recesses of my mind like 15 years later. <laughs> right. Nice. All these memories emerge. They're like, I remember. Yeah. Either way, I'm excited. Who is first? Uh, I am. Yeah. Hardball. Because I did hardball. Yes, you Very did. well. All right. Bless your heart. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Forever. Here we go. This is the first number question. Um, How many of the GM donated cars were wrecked during the production of this movie? (laughs) Which is so fitting because you said that's pretty much why you went to watch this movie. (laughs) Was it A, 300, B, 150, or C, 500? Oh, God. Just the highway scene alone. We had cars <laughs> launching off of cars, flipping mm-hmm. over and shit. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 300. That is correct. <laughs> 500 good, feels excessive, but guess. it would not be out of the realm of possibility. It in would this not film. be out of the realm of possibility. I would <laughs> definitely have guessed 300 or 500. So yeah. Yeah. All right. And that was what it was very clearly said of the GM donated car. So I don't know if there were others. Whoa. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was like a c- couple caddies, couple uh, maybe like Tahoes or something in this. So, yeah, the big there was that SUVs. old Camaro that, yeah. that Jada Pinkett was driving. It's a real shame. So that was a sad one. But it probably wasn't real. So it's OK. Um, all right. Whitney. Yes. Another number question. Oh. <laughs> How many days did the fight sequence between Neo and the Smith clones take to shoot? Oh. <laughs> A, three, B, 78, or C, 27? <laughs> what a spread! Oh my God. <laughs> 78 is too long. So I'm going to say 27. That is correct. You did it. Woo! <clears throat> I guarantee you any studio would have said this sh- one scene cannot take almost three months to shoot. <laughs> Get it out of here. We're shutting so, the yeah. film down. We've run yeah, out of money. 27, 27 is a lot. Yeah. But but wouldn't get shut down by anybody. But almost three months on one scene alone uh, definitely would be out. But I totally believe it. That's a very hard scene to choreograph. And just- 
I just feel bad for like Keanu having to show up to that same place three for a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like he shows up. Rough. What are we doing today, guys? <laughs> oh yeah. shit. Didn't think we've done for the last three weeks straight. <laughs> yeah. We didn't get it yet. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Put on your priest outfit and start spinning around. That's get on these wires. <laughs> yeah. Bring out the six thousand uh, agent smiths. <laughs> right. All right, Andrew. I'm ready. Here it is. True or false? Which probably means there can't be a steal. But anyway, true or false? <laughs> this movie is the highest grossing in the entire franchise. Ooh. Right off the top of my head, I'm going to say true. That's right. Woohoo! I feel I, like I believe that. I believe that. I feel like that. the anticipation for this one was crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I remember for a time it was the highest grossing R-rated movie Ooh, or maybe just true. movie. That I don't remember, true. but it was unseated right away. I don't remember what movie unseated it, but. Hmm. Titanic. <laughs> no, that's not right. Somehow five years prior. <laughs> <laughs> came back from the past. It's always Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> it was Avatar, I think, probably. Titanic or Avatar. All right, give me my next question. I'm ready. I'm hyped. All right, sorry. Um, this one. Honey's kicking in. Let's go. All right, this does not have multiple choice because I felt like it would have been too easy. Oh, no. So, here we go. Which other movie did Keanu and Monica Bellucci co-star in? God damn it. I don't know. Oh, you don't? Well, I kind of thought this would have been. Uh, if you're Wrong not edge. familiar with who she was in <laughs> Sorry, the movie, yes. she was, uh, she was, you know, the the woman that was with the French guy. If that helps, Persephone. Was that her character name? Yeah. In the That's latex cool dress, that was a great dress. That's a pretty serious dress. She wore it well. Um. So Whitney, you don't have an answer. I do not have an answer. Andrew, Dusty. Oh my God. I friggin' remember that I talked about this and I don't know. I asked this question <laughs> in a thing and I don't remember what the movie is. Oh, hold on. Wait a minute. Uh, this is great radio, me sitting here thinking without music. I got it. I got it. It's Dracula. It sure is Dracula. Yes! Oh, I knew it was. I knew it was. I knew the hair was weird. I knew Keanu's hair was weird. So I was like, it was either Dangerous Liaisons or Dracula or one of those. A, Much Ado. A, I was like, which one? Wow. Wow. Good work. Oh. In fact, in the movie, the um, at some point, like the when they walk into that room and she shoots that guy in the head, like the, the security guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're watching a Dracula movie. Uh, <laughs> I did not um, notice that. Not, not that movie, not, but not it was like, yeah. Bri- <laughs> yeah, I did notice that they were watching a vampire movie. It's like right. brides of Dracula. What was that? I don't know. Movie. Anyway. Okay. Moving on. All right. Whew. Andrew. <sighs> In which country was the majority of this movie filmed? Was it A, the U.S. of A, B, Australia, 
or C, England. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like all of these answers are traps. Um. <laughs> well, they can't be. So. <laughs> Logically, one of them. I'm going to go. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm going to go Australia. That's correct, sir. Yeah! <laughs> wow. <laughs> it wasn't England. It's never England. Even when no. you, even when they're filming in England, it's not England. <laughs> it's some other place they've just dressed up. It's Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wit. Which movie were the Wachowskis approached to direct, but turned down to instead do the Matrix sequels? Ooh. What? Was it A. Batman Begins? Yo. B, V for Vendetta, or C, Born Supremacy. Yo, I want to see all those directed by the Wachowskis. I was going to say, I would watch any of those movies. I could see them being drawn towards V for Vendetta because they are very, like, emotionally, politically driven with a lot of their stuff that they make. But I think I'm going to say Batman Begins. That's correct. Oh, Holy hell! That was, that was pure guess, but I would absolutely 100% watch the Wachowski directed yeah. any of those movies. Whoa, whoa. I can't imagine whoa. how yeah. that series... That would be so good. <laughs> Batman would be so different if directed yeah. by the Wachowski. What? Yeah. So, I mean, not to say that Christopher Nolan didn't do a good job, right. because mm-hmm. he did. Mm-hmm. But I think the Wachowskis' take on Batman would be would become the canon take on Batman. You gotta, mm. you gotta believe that. Like right? the the emotional weight behind him becoming Batman, I think would be so different. Interesting. That's but we're not talking about that. We got a lot to talk about still, so let's keep going. <laughs> but that's a very good question because oh! I want to see all of those. Right. Let's get those okay. Going. Bonus time. Bonus time. What's the what are the parameters? Anything? So this first question has two possible answers. It's first to answer gets two points. Oh. And we'll start with that. Are you ready? Always. Name one of the two unconventional sound effects used during the Neo and Smith clone fight. (laughs) Uh, Bowling strike. A strike. Yes, I'll give you that. Bowling ball pins. A strike. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, there is one other one. The other one was a lot harder to hear. I was going to say that was the only one that I heard and, and he got to it first. An elephant. I don't know. It's always an elephant. <laughs> an elephant. <laughs> um, now it's always like a trash can in a underground hallway. <laughs> Evan, like I'd a, like to a answer walrus. a trash can in an underground hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's incorrect. Um, uh, God, I can't, unconventional. guesses? Uh, All right, the music ended. Yeah, it's, it'll be on loop until I turn it off. Uh, it was a similar, similar move to the one that made the bowling ball sound, but it was actually the sound of dominoes falling. Oh! Uh-huh. Evan got it. No, that doesn't count for Evan. Yeah. <laughs> Go work. Evan. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Next and last bonus question. Is there anything here we need to know? 
parameters. First to get it, okay. two points. There is no multiple choice. It's just whoever gets this right. Uh, okay. Okay. First, yeah, whoever gets it right first. Which young female musician was originally cast as Z in the film, but passed away just before filming started? Passed away? Yep. Aaliyah. That's correct. Whoa! Holy schnibbles! That was that was literally just the only notable death I could think of at yeah, the time. Right. Yeah. That's yep. crazy. Uh, There's a few like late '90s, early 2000s deaths, and it's like it wasn't Selena and it wasn't Brittany Murphy, so it has to be Aaliyah. <laughs> oh, that was my thought process, process. of elimination. Quite literal yeah. elimination. Um, <laughs> wow. What was the character? Character was named. Z- Z? Who who was that? Yeah, she was the girlfriend or wife of um remember the scene where what's his name? When he comes when back she yells into at his him house. For, for yeah. The only ship oh, that doesn't come back. got it. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. He's what was uh, that character's name? Link. That was Link. Link, yeah. Yeah. Because I was wondering, she is the sister of Tank and Dozer. And apparently she both is, of them died. Even though we She is also one. Marvin Gaye's daughter. Get out. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. How about that? Pretty interesting. Woo! All right. That's that's your trivia. What a barn burner. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Whitney cannot yeah. be stopped. It's 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 actually it's unbelievable. However, try as I may. <laughs> I had my best game of all pop quiz today. Wow. So I'd like Good to, for you. I'd like to thank I'd like to thank my my parents. Uh <laughs> Wow. The scores are now Whitney moves up to 76. Evan remains at 43. And I move up to 49. So six points this round, which was, wow. Never again, probably. but More than I wanted you to get. (laughs) (laughs) The battle for last continues. All right. Yeah. Uh, Whitney's a lost cause from my purview, but I can still get Andrew. Right. It's true. It's true. You never know. Maybe I'll get a debilitating head injury or something. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> don't I don't really want to hope for that. Right. So. We don't right. That's we can't there's nothing that could be said after that, Whitney. We can't Honestly, be, I'm just a really good guesser. I don't hold any of this information in my brain. I mean the logic that was required to get to Aaliyah though was it was like chef's kiss like like you're like it's only <laughs> three people like died a lot, the, a lot of people died that right. were not uh, yeah. Brittany Murphy Selena and Aaliyah also the spread on those three people is pretty big that's <laughs> more than a decade I think between sure. all yeah. those three deaths so that's so true like, those are the only three people that I could think of who died right yeah <laughs> There's a lot more than that that are missing. Right. And then you're like, and then thematically, we got it. Perfect. Who's a musician? Done. Perfect. Nailed it. I love it. All right. Okay. So with all that. Should we? Yeah. Should we dive in? uh, You know, this is, it's a tough movie to unpack. I I don't envy you. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. hardball. We got through that in an hour and six minutes. We were done. And we're almost an hour in. Um. I'm using uh, Wikipedia because right. there was no. I would have typed a small 
novel. <laughs> it would have been the novelization of the, <laughs> of the Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. Well, and I honestly feel like if I had been the one doing this and I'm going to have a task next week of um, doing this where yeah. I like to describe everything that's going on on screen when I'm doing my notes because I feel like it leads to a more well-rounded like character motivation and all that kind of stuff. I feel like in the case of this movie that we just saw, it actually would derail you from the <laughs> yeah. point of the movie. Yeah. I feel like me trying point. to recount what happened in this movie would be far more convoluted than like the Wikipedia synopsis yeah. or just watching it yourself. Right. It's like bad storytelling. There's all these yeah. tangents. <laughs> okay. But then there was a werewolf. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we never see that person again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So. All right. Here we go. Six months after the events of The Matrix, Neo and Trinity are now very romantically involved. It's official. Um, and Morpheus receives a message from Captain Niobe of the Logos um, calling an emergency meeting of all Zion's ships, of which there are 12. Um, Zion has confirmed the last transmission of the Osiris, which is an army of sentinels, is tunneling towards Zion and will reach it within 72 hours. Not good. Mm. Commander Locke uh, orders all ships to return to Zion to prepare for the onslaught. But Morpheus, being Morpheus, is like, no, I'm going to have one ship remain to contact the Oracle. Um, and so the as the I think it's Caduceus is one of the ships, um, receives a message from the Oracle. Bane encounters Smith. So he was on that ship and he runs into a Smith. Yeah. Um, and we learn that Smith is kind of like defected and that his previous encounter with Neo severed his connection with the Matrix and is now a rogue program. So this is where we first start learning about these programs. Um, and he like absorbs this Bane character and turns him into another Smith. Um, so then Smith uses the phone line because the phone's ringing where he is to leave the Matrix and then gain control of Bane's real body, which I thought was pretty cool because I had wondered that. Diabolical. Yeah. That but, was but I was crazy. like, why don't these guys just answer any of the damn phones? And then that's they're done. But the, I like that they did that, mm -hmm. you know. So um, that was kind of like a twist of the mind a little bit. It was great. Uh, now in Zion, Morpheus is told to give this speech about the truth to all of the people in Zion that these machines are coming. Mm -hmm. um, but in the Matrix, Neo is meeting with the Oracle's bodyguard, Seraph, is his name, who's pretty badass. He's great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, super badass. Um, so they have this, like, fight to make sure Neo is Neo, which is probably one of the best choreo choreographed fights in the franchise. Not the best, but it's definitely up there. I got um, some serious, like crouching tiger vibes from this yeah. one just like based on setting and like the two characters i was like damn this is great uh yeah i like how they kind of created like a standard way that neo fights 
And it almost always involves him like moving his forearm at the elbow, just like up and down. And <laughs> he's much, able to yeah. <laughs> he's able to like deflect 90% of the hits by just doing that. And just to like insult you as the person attacking him, he's gonna put his other arm behind his back and he's just gonna <laughs> move his arm up and down at the elbow, just like I'm bored. And that's cool. Like, I, I looked forward to seeing that again. It was good. Um at any rate, he passes this test, if you will, and he goes to the Oracle. Um, after realizing the Oracle is part of the Matrix, Neo asks how he can trust her. He's like, wait, you're a lie. And she's like, well, this that's your decision. Um, and then we get into the whole, like, decision, fate thing, yeah. free will, what have you. Um. The Oracle then instructs Neo to reach to reach the source of the Matrix with the help of the Keymaker, who is arguably my favorite character in the Matrix trilogy. I love the Keymaker. More so than the Oracle? Yeah. No. I just, I really like, <laughs> I, I like when they introduce him and he's just like in a room full of keys. That was a great just, set piece. Truly. It's so good. Um, and he like gives his life and it's just great. Anyway. Um, so the Oracle leaves and Smith shows up walking through some slow motion crows that make terrible noises. Um, and he's telling Neo that after being defeated, he basically refused to be deleted from the matrix. And now he's this rogue program. He tells Neo this and he's like, check it out. I can clone myself, um, by using other inhabitants of the matrix, including other agents. Yeah. Which was it just bad color on my screen, or did the agents have green suits and Smith's had black? I noticed different color suits also. So I don't think it was you, but I don't know if like this particular scene, but I did notice like when there were two Smiths standing next to each other, you're like, those are they're different. They're supposed to be identical, but it's clearly it was weird. Yeah. The the agents looked like they had on like a dark, dark green suit and it was messing with me. I actually think that that might have been on purpose to differentiate when you have yeah. a whole field of Smiths um, <laughs> right. because he's like going around absorbing other people. Man, to like yeah. show which which Smiths are like OG Smiths and which are absorbed Smiths. How great would it have been to have a couple Smiths like. Wearing like volleyball shorts or something like that, <laughs> just kind of like, like beach, gear. or like in a dress or something. Yeah, just a bunch of Smiths. Yeah. All he doesn't discriminate. He just absorbs people at will, at random. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're a you're a Smith now. Come on over. <laughs> it's like a kid on a razor scooter. <laughs> All right. So uh, he's like, check it out. I can clone. Uh, and then he tries to absorb Neo, which is a cool scene because Neo's like, nah, dude. <laughs> and he just like reverses it, um, which creates this like battle royale between Smiths and Neo. Huge scene of the movie. Yeah. Um, Neo manages to win, uh, but he wins by running away, flying. He's just like, I'm out of here. I'm going to Superman out of here, um, which I also appreciate when they do that with like the ripple in the ground. Yeah, and just thought really that was cool. cool. That's a good touch. Um, so now Neo, Morpheus, and Trinity visit the Merovingian, mm. um, who is imprisoning the Keymaker. Um, and this Merovingian, 
Yeah, he's such a good creep. Um, I looked up what he says in French when he curses. It's it's like nothing. It's it, nonsense. It's I mean, just, it's curses, but it's but just it, like, yeah. There's no it does, structure. It's not like a, right. It's not like a. Your mother slept with a goat and you are the <laughs> bastard result of that or anything. You know, it's not it's not like that a little story of cursing. It's just a bunch of curses. Yeah, it's not like in Christmas Vacation when when he gets really mad about his boss. Oh, that's like the perfect insult rant. Topical. Not, not like your father was a hamster and your mother. Yeah, bear. yeah, that would have been acceptable, too. <laughs> just a bunch of curse words. Anyway. Um, so this guy's a, another ma- like rogue matrix program. We're meeting a bunch of them and he's got his own weird agenda and he's like, I'm not giving you the key maker. Um, but his wife, who we talked about before is seeking revenge on her husband for his infidelity. Yep. Uh, and actually after making Neo awkwardly kiss her, basically just to piss off Trinity, which was ruthless. Um, takes this the the this but trio also, to, not just to piss off trinity also to drive home the the machines have feelings and like emotions and families and like personal oh, yeah. lives it was it was really i think part of it was to piss off trinity but i also think a lot of it was to drive home the they're just like us there are no bad guys everyone just has their own agendas kind yeah. of thing yeah that they they're all trash that she's She's, you know, in a loveless marriage and everyone can relate to that on some level, whether they've been in one or not. So I feel like that was part of the reason for it, too. Yeah. So uh, Morpheus, Trinity and the Keymaker try to run away while Neo is like fighting these henchmen in this unbelievable fight scene in the lobby of or the foyer or something. The war room of this building because <laughs> there's just like blades and and maces and things everywhere um and morpheus and trinity try to escape with the keymaker and they're chased by these agents and then these crazy twins ghosts uh they're <laughs> according to the trivia they were modeled after jellyfish when they turn oh. into ghosts Creepy. but anyway um did you know that jellyfish can evaporate yeah, they're like the only organism that can, right? Yep. I don't even know how they're alive, cool. to be honest with you. I honestly, I look at them. And I I'm also like, don't. You look at this? them and you're like, this is not a thing. Yeah, there's Apparently no way. Apparently they're like seven other, or, there's seven different organisms in one. Like there's no central nervous system. What? Anyway. Um, no, this are weird, y'all. So weird, but cool in the same way. Hot uh, brought to you by the Cool Breeze crew. Thank you. Yes. And now back to your regular program. <laughs> Uh, I will say twins are like the twins are some of my favorite villains. I just, I feel like they went, they went all in on these guys. Like they're super weird. Their makeup's weird. They talk in the third person about each other. Yeah. I don't know. They just like, they did so many weird things with these guys. Uh, and the whole, like that scene where he ghosts and then perfectly lands in the passenger seat of that car on the highway Well done. is like, uh, so amazing <laughs> but anyway so there's this long chase and it's um trinity escapes morpheus barely defeats the twins uh and neo ultimately saves morpheus and the Keymaker from agent johnson a lot happens on that highway that we right. were talking about before all of this happens there 
The fight scene's nuts. There's like a katana involved. <laughs> Neo is flying and the twins are like just shooting cars just to do it. And they're smiling about it. It was wild. Super, it's crazy. Uh, and then Trinity finds like a badass. I think it's a Ducati and motorcycle, which apparently she did a lot of that riding on her own, which is pretty cool. That's mm. pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's crazy. That scene is wild. One of my favorite in that scene is the sound effects when that cruiser hits the water barrels. Yeah. It's like such a gratifying sound when it hits those water barrels. Yeah. But anyway. Fun um, fact, for years and yeah. years and years, I told everyone that if I were to buy a motorcycle, I would buy a Ducati. This is the only reason. I know nothing about motorcycles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't even know if I could name you more brands of motorcycles other than Yamaha and Ducati. Arch. The only reason that I was like, I want a Ducati. I don't want a motorcycle. I don't. But was because of Trinity in this movie. Yeah, Whitney. You have to learn about Arch. You have to, because Keanu. Well, it doesn't matter. Keanu owns Arch. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It does matter. I'm never going to own a motorcycle. I don't want a motorcycle. Anytime I said anything about motorcycles, it was bald face lying. They're pioneering ABS and motorcycles. <laughs> important stuff. Oh, it's fine. All right. So um, they beat all those guys. And then the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar, Vigilant and Logos, those three ships, uh, help get the Keymaker and Neo to reach the source. Um, but not running into Smiths again in like that awesome door hallway. So good. And having to get the power to go out at the right time. Like, there was a lot happening. A lot of coordination. Um, I always hate in these movies when people die, when when they die in the Matrix. It's just like, it's so annoying because (laughs) they're just powerless. (laughs) It's like, come on. I hate it. Um, But that happens. Can I just say, I love when, I don't know if the two of you love this also. I love when we're going over the plan. In a movie, here's the plan, and we got to go over it. I love those scenes. Yeah. And this one's really, really good because, like, three different things have to happen. You know, it's like an Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, you yeah. got to do this, 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 and this. I love right. that shit. This one was really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I do. I always like it. I don't think I've ever seen a movie where that wasn't one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. Even yeah. if whatever they're doing is garbage, like, what? Yeah. The, the, the thought process, I'm like, oh, we're doing the plan. Let's, I'm watching. I'm watching. And sometimes there's a montage involved. And oh, who doesn't like yeah. good montage? You know? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, the plan basically is the Logos crew has to destroy a power plant and the Vigilant crew must destroy a backup power station so that a security system doesn't get triggered and ultimately allowing Neo to open the door to the source. Um. Yeah, it's not very well protected for being such an important thing. <laughs> it's a little bit of Star Wars here. Hey. I just put a grate over it, but it's all good. Um, however, Neo's still haunted by this vision of Trinity dying. And so he's like, don't go into the Matrix because, like, I've seen you die there. Just stay on the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, so the logo succeeds while... The Vigilant, as I was saying, is destroyed by a Sentinel who's hurling these badass little baby Sentinel bombs. Um, 
which is brilliant because then they don't have to go near the craft. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody dies on the Vigilant, and ultimately three of them, I think it was three of them, die in the Matrix. They were the ones that were supposed to take down the backup, but they didn't. Um, and, of course, Neo and the Keymaker don't know that they didn't succeed. So Trinity is like, I'm going in. I got to go help my man. And so she goes and completes the mission of the power backup. However, there's an agent. Mm-hmm. Agent Thompson corners her and they fight. Um, and it's not great because this was what the vision was that Neo was having. Yeah. Pretty cool scene of them like falling together. Many, many stories. from Except the for the CGI was so Thanks. bad. Except for that. <laughs> Like there's a lot of choreography of it was cool. And the way that it was like envisioned was cool, Yeah, but it just, it was some of the worst CG of the whole movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, This is, this is bullet time. A lot of bullet time though. It was great. But this is the kind of stuff that makes the, the prospect of the matrix four really, really exciting. Like imagine this scene, but today, I don't know. That's, I'm like, I hope they still have a yeah. few tricks up their sleeves. Someone I'm should very redo this. Pro Matrix Four. Oh, oh yeah, sure. No, Definitely. I'm totally. I think I think that all of the the like stuff that they've learned in you know coming out and transitioning. I think all of the stuff that they just their worldviews in general have broadened. Yeah. I think they're so philosophical these movies, and they dive so deep into so many different things. I think that the the space between the Matrix 3 and the Matrix 4 will make the Matrix 4 a very, very good movie mm. that's way more reminiscent of one than either of the, the follow-up. It's so exciting. Oh, uh, yeah. Can't we'll wait. see. I know a lot of people are not as optimistic as I am, but yeah. I have so high hopes. While they're falling very slowly, many stories, Neo, Morpheus, Keymaker, they're trying to reach the source, but they're ambushed by lots of Smiths again. <laughs> um, but, like, the Keymaker sneaks away while they're all fighting, and he unlocks the door. Um, and then Neo, like, grabs Morpheus and does the bowling ball thing again through all the Smiths <laughs> and gets into the source. But the Keymaker is trying to close the door. He's shot many times by many smiths yeah mm-hmm. and he's done he's like but this was my purpose i'm good bro <laughs> go do the source thing so neo then finally gets to go through the glowing white door meets the program called the architect aka the creator of the matrix and i have to stop here because the mtv music awards from years ago <laughs> ruined this entire scene for me what? i don't know if you guys remember it but it's justin timberlake and and stifler it's the only no, name i know him by did Sean like, michael scott that's the guy did a uh did a spoof of this scene it's hilarious very well done with will ferrell as the architect okay um but like i can't I can't watch it seriously anymore because it just like ruined it for me. Is Timberlake <laughs> playing Neo or is what is his? Why are there three people? I don't understand. What is, uh, who's the third person? <laughs> I forget why. I'll have right. to look at it again. All right. 
But anyway, what? so they meet the architect. And I have, a, I have a tangent real quick. Okay, the other day I was talking with friend of the show, Eric and uh, Eric Hall. And uh, he, we were talking about celebrity crushes. And Eric asked me what my most unlikely, what the celebrity crush that no one would ever guess that I had oh. was. And it's Shawn Michaels. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, a good I had to think about it for a minute because I feel like everything that I do is pretty on brand. But I still have a crush on him, and he has not been relevant in no. more than a decade. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely the answer to most unlikely celebrity crush. <laughs> huh. Wow. Fun. All right. All right. Sean uh, William Scott. Sean William, William Scott. Scott. Okay. Oh, that sounds better. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I just got flagged on my play there. That's Sean right. William Scott. Still a crush. Still a crush. Still have a crush uh, yeah. on him, yeah. Sean, that Sean guy. Um, so the architect's like, listen, Neo, you've got it all wrong. You're a very intentional part of the Matrix, uh, which is actually now in its sixth iteration. And Neo's like, what? And Neo is ultimately meant to stop the Matrix's fatal system crash that naturally recurs due to the concept of human choice within it. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, right. I yeah, I really I bought this so hard. I was like, I get right. it. I get it. Variations. I get it now. Slight variations add up over time. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, no, I mean, as soon as he started getting into the like wibbly wobbly timey wimey, this has happened six <laughs> times thing, you're the sixth guy to be the one. Yeah. That I was in for. Because it's science fiction and I'm all for that. The the nature of, of choice and determination. Uh, free will all of that got to be heavy-handed but when he was like oh no this cycle happens every you know x amount of years yeah and you're just the most recent the one who keeps the balance yeah, yeah. That, i was all in on that mind blown yeah it's uh it's pretty great um i like how how they kind of took it there that because i had forgotten i was like what what do they talk about but at any rate um so, as with the five previous ones, Neo has a choice. He can either return to the source to reboot the Matrix and pick survivors to repopulate the soon-to-be-destroyed Zion, which sounds like a lot of work, or <laughs> cause the Matrix to crash and kill everyone connected to it. Super easy. Machine uh, which, and human alike. Right. Everybody. Yeah. Which would also mean humanity's extinction when Zion is destroyed. So Neo then learns a Trinity situation on the little TV screens and chooses to save her. He's like third option. <laughs> I mean, ultimately I'm going to the source, but I'm really doing it for Trinity. Mm -hmm. So he goes out the door that's returns to the source. He's like, I have to fly to get to her. Um, and while they were falling out of the building before Trinity and the agent, she took a bullet to the chest, basically heart area. Sure. And what I didn't like about this is like Neo starts flying and then she gets hit and he's like, oh, I have to fly harder. <laughs> I'm going to like hyperspeed it. If you don't like, like that tornado of debris behind him, you can leave no, right now because it was incredible. that was rad. <laughs> I don't like that he didn't start in hyperspeed. Ah, because he kind of that, already knew that's, that's like. where things were going to end up. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. He knew where that was going and that his lady love was about to die. So like start in hyperspeed. I'm with but you. it makes it makes sense now because he wanted to do the whole like I'm gonna touch your zero one zero heart and <laughs> fix it or whatever. So anyway, that comes. So she gets shot, but before she hits the ground, Neo like catches her at an unbelievable force. I mean, think about the G forces <laughs> of that interaction. <laughs> at any rate, sure. Uh he removes the bullet by like reaching into her code body mm-hmm. and pulling out the code bullet and then also pumping her code heart. Yeah. She uh, dies for a second or I mean, she does. She's gone, at least in the real, I guess both in the real world. It yeah. shows up. She's dead. And yeah, in yeah. Matrix. And then there's that like terribly cheesy line. That's like, I guess we're even. Hey, like, no, <laughs> didn't need that. Oh, everybody gets it. But anyway, um, they return to the real world and are attacked by the Sentinels. Uh, and the Nebuchadnezzar is destroyed. But everybody escapes. Um, and Neo suddenly has this ability to disable machines in the real world with his brain, mm. which is wild. And then he, like, falls over. Yeah. Has a coma because he tried so hard. Again, like Star Wars. Um, <laughs> and the crew... Are then picked up by another ship, the Hammer. Fun fact, they called it the Hammer because the ship's actual name is Molnar. Mjolnir? Um, that's the one. And but they <laughs> didn't like they didn't want to have to pronounce it for the movie, but it's actually named after Thor's hammer. Nice. Uh, well, that's clearly before all the Avengers stuff because Mjolnir is now part of the like zeitgeist in a way that it was not when this movie was shot. Thank yeah. you for proving my point around the difficulty of pronouncing that word. (laughs) Um, So the hammer, the captain, uh, Roland, reveals that the other ships were wiped out by the machines uh, because somebody set off an EMP too early. Who could it be? (gasps) But Bane, who is now possessed by a smith, thanks to a phone call. So, and then it's like, to be concluded. Yeah. And, you know, music uh, and credits. Great movie. That's all. Yeah. Um, I do want to say I, I forgot to put this um, at the top with our like general observations. Yeah. Um, this is the first movie that I can remember seeing that was had so many brown people in it. Oh, yeah. Mm. It is predominantly people of color. That's a good call. And that was something that was not as much of a conversation then. I mean, it should have been a conversation as long as we've had cinema, but like it was not as much of a conversation then as it is now. And looking back on it now, it is something that I, I very much think that they did naturally. I think this is one of the the representation is one of the things that the Wachowskis do well. Absolutely. And it was 100% the city of the future. There's almost no white people in it other than Neo and Trinity. Yeah. they. Everybody in the thousands of extras in the rave scene and whatever, they're all people of color. Yeah, even mm. down to the... I'm thinking back to the, uh, the, the fight in the chateau or whatever in the 
where all the weapons were and stuff like that. And like half of that crew, at least people of color, which was great. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There were over a thousand extras for the Zion scene. Speaking of extras. I believe that. There was a lot of people in that scene. I think they just wanted to throw like one of the most epic parties. They're like, you know, we have the budget. How are we going to spend this money? As soon as people walk in the door, just spray them with a hose and tell them to go dance. <laughs> right. Perfect. We repeat this 1,000 times. <laughs> um, so we have to determine if we recommend. Spoilers. And Whitney said yes. up front that she did. So. Yeah, and I was, I was yes. the, least, the least impressed, and I still said yes. So. Right. I do. Ev does. I do, clearly. I uh, I don't know. I feel like, you know, last week, how are we feeling like now that we've actually watched it, right? Did this movie, does this movie deserve all of the kind of flack that it appears to get? No, no. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. Right. Okay. This is interesting. I think because it can't stand on its own. I could. And I, I can, don't understand yeah. the point of making a movie that can't stand on its own. Well, isn't that the case for any sequel? Yeah, and I don't understand it. Oh, <laughs> I, I have an issue with movies that can't stand on their own, whether they're sequel sequels or like the third in a trilogy or whatever. If you can't, if a stranger can't walk up, that's why I don't like. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, and I don't like. 90% of the Harry Potter films is because you can't watch any of those independently. And some of those, you can't even watch all of them together in a row and still not have read the books. Like they're not yeah. good movies because there's too much information that's left out. Hmm. If it can't, if I can't pull a stranger in here and have them entertained by a movie, if they're just like, what is actually going on here? I don't think that it's a good film. And so I, I do think that there's a lot of good stuff about it. I enjoyed it so much more than I thought it was going to. But ultimately, I do think it deserves the flack that it got because you can't expect people to play your video game in order to get this huge chunk of movie that <laughs> yeah. was left out of the plot. Yeah. You just, uh, you just can't do that. And I appreciate why they did that. But it was very ambitious, but it made for not a great movie. Speaking of the video game, when they originally released this movie in theaters... Uh, there were cheat codes on the speed limit signs on the highway, which is pretty crazy. What? And then they changed them out for after it was put to, you know, DVD or VHS or whatever. It's kind of unbelievable. Yeah. You had to, like, go in and hack something in the video game, and then you could put in these codes and get whatever skills or something. It's crazy. Whitney, I have a follow-up question for you. And I'm just, mm-hmm. this is just a curiosity of mine. Are you... I don't know if we've ever discussed it. Are you a are you an MCU fan? Do you watch those films? Um, I have not seen the two most recent. I have not seen. Um, Whoa. Yeah, I've not seen the one post dusting, and oh. I have not seen. <laughs> Spoiler. Far from home. <laughs> okay, but that's all right. That's actually perfect because I wanted to ask you. It sounds like a lot of the problems you have with this movie are a lot of the problems that some people had with Infinity War. Do you feel similarly yeah. about those, like about those yeah. two movies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's I, why I, I'm not in a rush 
to see the recent ones. I feel like I'll like Far From Home, uh, but it takes place after the whole dusting thing. So I, I didn't want to watch it before I saw Infinity War stuff. But Infinity War is why I stopped watching them. And it's, I will watch them still. And I still think that the casting is incredible and whatever. Yeah. But I think that they don't stand on their own. There's too many plot holes. You need to be too entrenched in the in the universe to fully pick up on everything that's going down. You can't follow 30 different storylines <laughs> in a movie. You just can't. It's true. And yeah. I appreciate the valiant attempt, but I don't think that it makes for a good movie. Hmm. Um, I think it would make for a much better TV show. Because you could take 30 minutes, 26 minutes, whatever, for each chunk of the storyline individually without having to try to do them all in one movie where you're constantly cutting back and forth between all of the different storylines. And and you just can't cover everything in that time. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I uh, I had this. I don't know what sets apart like a good sequel. Right. I, I, I agree. Like I fully under, I love this movie, but fully it's not a great movie and it's, it's certainly not a terrible movie. It's just like a good, it's a good sit, right? It's something you get. It's very watchable. It's enjoyable on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. I'm just, and, and again, fully understanding that it's just a bridge that's going to connect one to three. I don't know what the difference is between like, there are, are there are several films that were made that were never intended to be trilogies, right? And then that somehow became a trilogy. And those second movies end up being like sometimes the best. Yeah. Right? I, I I was just I I don't know how. That seems like a miracle to me. <laughs> like how did well, the second movie I don't know. It's because you no. don't expect it to be a bridge between one and three. I guess. If you, you have plan all it, the yeah. world building of one, so you you don't need to do as much exposition. So you can get right into the story. Like one did all your exposition. You know what the rules of this universe are. Hmm. Two can just tell a story and you don't expect it to go into the three. So you don't leave it hanging. You don't leave plot holes. You, you're not like, oh, we can tie it up in this story later that we are going to, you know, we have to make sure people watch um, when you're when you're doing it. And it's like, this will be the last story that we tell in this. And then it's like, oh, no, wait, we're going to do a third one. It's all like it's meant to stand on its own. Hmm. It ends and hmm. it doesn't have those gaps. Yeah, I can get behind that. It's all about the I guess it's all about the planning. Yeah, I think about Lord of the Rings, right? Mm -hmm. Those are th I it's been a long time since I saw those, but I seem to remember each of those having like each of those three films having, I mean, the third one had like 12 endings, but like the first two <laughs> movies, they had like, here's a logical closure point here. Mm -hmm. there, there's going to be more, but like this, there's a bow on it, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's movies are miracles. They're all miracles. Even the bad mm. ones. It's great. I don't know where, I don't oh, know where okay. I was well, particularly that, going with that, but I. That's a nice note to end on. <laughs> so we They're all recommend all this. That's great. Uh, where does this fall in your ranking for mm -hmm. uh, Keanu films? That's a that's a more interesting question, I think. Second. W second? Yes. Number one for Evan is The Matrix, and number two is The Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> I can't. Bet you can guess what three will be. <laughs> no! <laughs> I think... Oh, no. There's no trilogy I can compare it to currently. I don't think so. 
I don't remember the third one at all. There are whole scenes in this film that I didn't remember. This whole power plant yeah. blowing up thing. I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Trinity yep. flip back flipping off a motorcycle and getting a great shot of her butt again. I <laughs> forgot all about that. Um, second? Okay. Yeah, no, definitely not for me. I'm putting it at 15 between chain reaction and the replacements. Whoa, holy hell. Yeah, I'm going to pop this in at number 10. It's going to edge Dracula out of the top 10, which will go even How further. How is Dracula in your I top know. 10 for I that <laughs> long even, Andrew? That's a, I know. I yeah. Gosh, that's Andrew, just such God. a mistake. Look, in the Andrew, new year, no idea. in the new year, we'll have a reckoning right after we finish Constantine, which will probably also be in the top 10, hopefully, if all, if all goes well. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll and I'll move Dracula into its appropriate position. <laughs> God, it's like, am I the only one here that knows how to order these movies? I feel like I have a I have a sneaking suspicion. By the time we get to January, you are going to be moving some shit around, Dev. I just have a fe- <laughs> I just have a feeling that top ten. Yeah. Is I'm definitely going to move shit around. <laughs> definitely, uh, Walk in the Clouds is number five for me. It's a great film. Mm, and I great. have a lot of fun watching that. But, <laughs> but it is it not a top 10. Private Ida. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. We the mistakes were made. I don't but that's why pencils have erasers, you know? That's that's all I can yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. Guys. I'm just going to come in here and do this while you're not looking. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hey, I just want to let you know, I keep a backup of this off-site. Oh, man. I use the 3 two, one rule. So three copies. Also, Google Drive changes all of the – it saves all the changes. So That's if we go right. in and we're like, wait, all of this is different, we can go back and look at the change history and see Evan went in here and edited everybody's answers. Whitney, let's be mm. honest. We know how crazy, how batshit crazy Evan's top 10 list is. If it was suddenly different, we're like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> These are all the indie films. What's Little, yeah. what's little Buddha doing up there? No. <laughs> I, don't know I, I do still that. feel good about my top four, though. Yeah. The I Matrix, Speed, Much Ado About Nothing, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. That holds. That will not change in a reckoning. Those are four very, very good movies, and I like the order that they're in. Yeah, we have the same top Why four. Why did I have A Walk in the Clouds at number five? Yeah. Hey, it's, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Wait, mistakes were made. That's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we'll have a whole episode devoted to that, so we don't need to talk about it. It's anymore. very exciting. December, we have some very cool special stuff coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. If you thought that, if you thought that Infinity War was an ambitious crossover. Just you wait for an even more ambitious crossover. (laughs) I'll leave that dangling out there for a little bit. It'll it'll be here before you know it. Anyway, next week, Whitney will be taking us through the conclusion of this saga, The Matrix Revolutions. Yes. I am so curious to see how this goes because I literally only have a very, very vague idea of what happens in the third one. Like I said before, I'm not even sure that I've seen it. <laughs> I hope you, I mean, that would be a miracle. But if you're walking through it your first time on this mm-hmm. podcast, but I, I don't know. I don't know what to think. Because again, there's a lot about this that I don't remember. So I'm figuring that it'll basically be like watching a brand new movie for me. 
So <laughs> I yeah. seem to remember how it ends, but even that could be a little wonky. So mm-hmm. Ev, I mean, you've pretty much already said it's going to be your third top three. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> no pressure or anything like that. Mm-hmm. All right. The Matrix Revolutions. And, you know, obviously all of you send in your informations and recommendations and reviews of this, voice memos, all that good stuff. We'd love to hear what you think of The Matrix Revolutions. And hey, Reloaded too. why not? Send them in. We'll play yeah. them on the show. Yeah, please do. But until we get to that point, Whitney, what do you have going on this week? Uh, I don't know anymore. Um, <laughs> historical hotties and almost better than silence and myth takes. Those are my podcasts. My Twitter is at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Um, <laughs> I am not in top form and I, I kept it all. I kept all of my chi bundled up for this episode and now I've lost it. So oh, just follow God. me on Twitter and, and uh, I'm sick. So that's all for now. Dessert, you've, just, you've earned a good rest. That's mm-hmm. what, yeah. Yes. So go right. sleep. Mm-hmm. Ev, let's not keep Whitney any longer. Just let yeah. us know about your Instagram, I guess, maybe. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Evan Acre. Check it out. Oh, <laughs> nothing else matters. <laughs> I like to take that at a literal level. Like nothing else matters. No, no, it doesn't matter. All right. Uh, at Dark Driving on Twitter and Instagram, I if you're local to Philly, uh, I'm doing a thing that might be beneficial to you. So uh, Studio Minis, you'll find that on my Twitter and my Instagram. It's all over the place. Please do check that out. This has been a great show, and thank you both for joining me. This mm-hmm. is it's always great to discuss a movie that we kind of all love. I think. Yeah. So with all that, thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan. Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes.